Welcome to Friend and Foe. Friend and Foe exists to give voice to the real conflict and distress people are feeling about the ways the current political divide in the U.S. is affecting personal relationships. This is my conversation with Cassandra from the summer of 2020. Cassandra supported Trump in the 2016 and 2020 elections and became sad and angry that some of her more liberal friends decided that they no longer wanted to speak to her. Cassandra, who identifies as a gay woman, likes to debate politics, but also feels that sometimes to keep the peace, you have to avoid the conversation. For example, she and her own girlfriend, whose political leanings differ from hers, have decided to agree to disagree. So a couple of years ago, I actually went to art school. I was going to art school to be a photographer. And the I, I met, a, met a friend there. She was from Lebanon. Um, we became pretty close. I mean, I helped her move out of her boyfriend's apartment when he was being abusive. Uh, stood up for her against a girl at school who was trying to beat her up, you know, for random, random reasons. And, I mean, we became pretty close. But when I guess she saw on Facebook that I was a Trump supporter, she unfriended me. And I got a hold of her to ask her, hey, what's up? Why, why are we not friends on Facebook anymore? And she proceeded to tell me that she couldn't understand how I could support somebody like Trump. And I tried to explain to her the reason why I supported Trump. And she, it was like, she didn't want to hear it, you know, because she had her own opinions about what Trump was, you know, he's racist, he's bigot, he's misogynist, he abuses women, you know, things like that. And I tried to counter it. You know, I tried to ask her, well, where's the proof of all this? And she just, she she gave, she was so angry. I mean, I think that was like the first time I'd seen somebody that I knew personally, like a friend, get get that angry and upset over what they thought they knew about Trump. Based on, you know, what they hear in the news or what they read on Facebook or, or, or you know, stuff like that. And I, I mean, that... That was like the first, but it wasn't the last. You know, there were a couple other friends that I knew from, you know, random, you know, an ex-girlfriend that I was still friends with stopped talking to me because of it. Um, a friend that I'd known since I was 12 years old stopped talking to me uh, because partly because of it. It wasn't the whole reason, but it was it was it was part of it. You know, with these situations. Uh, is it like, I'm not even going to talk to you about it, you're out of my life, or did, were you given a chance, other than with the uh, the initial person you talked about, your friend from Lebanon, with the other folks, was there any kind of real conversation, or you, they just were like, no, we're done? Most of them, no. It was very much, it was very much, you're, we're done. You voted for Trump, I want nothing to do with you. Not even going to give, give you a chance to explain why. One of the biggest things people... I guess have an issue with with me and being a, a Trump supporter is that I am a woman and I am gay, <laughs> and so a lot of of people just they they don't get they don't understand how somebody who is a gay woman could support somebody like Trump, and I'm assuming it's because they believe that he is a bigot that he's you know a misogynist. I find it hard to explain to them. That just because I am gay and I'm a woman, doesn't mean that's gonna, 
necessarily dictate who I vote for and who I support as far as political things go. And I try to explain to them that 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 you know there's many other things out there that I feel like are far more important that we need to worry about, you know, than whether or not he's going to approve gay marriage or whether or not he's going to defund Planned Parenthood or something. I mean, there's there's much more important, much more pressing matters that are going on that need attention. It just seems like in general, a lot of people that are anti-Trump just don't aren't willing to even open their minds to somebody else's point of view. And I think that's the main reason why people lose friends and lose acquaintances and lose even family members because there's just there people aren't willing to to communicate. It's the communication that's the problem. We've stopped talking and we just resort to name calling and so mm. on. Can you share maybe what you felt was like the most hurtful thing that maybe somebody who disagreed with you lobbed at you? Well, I know one of the things that that my friend from uh, Lebanon had said was that I wasn't the same person that she knew. That I had somehow changed into this narrow-minded. I I, I really hate being called narrow-minded because I'm I'm very much not. I mean, I can be stubborn. For sure, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna deny that. I think I can be very stubborn sometimes, especially when I think I'm right. But I, I'm very willing to listen to somebody else's perspective or opinion about things, especially if it's if it's presented to me in a non-threatening, more of an intellectual kind of way. Um, so her, basically, her her saying that I had changed into this narrow-minded, race. She even called me racist. I mean, I, I don't know how I'm racist. You know, I, I she knew me. She knew me about as well as most people know me, and she called me a racist. And that that I think actually hurt probably the most. I think just that general that general term being lobbed about. You know, you don't agree with something I say. Oh, you're racist, or you're a bigot, or you are closed-minded, or you're uh, a right-wing nut job. That's another one that keeps getting lobbed at me. Oh, you're just a right-wing nut job. Because I don't agree with you, uh, there's something wrong with me. That's, that's, that's the part I have the hardest time with. When somebody starts saying those kind of things to me, I lose interest in even talking to them anymore. Because I feel like I can't get anything through to them without them insulting me somehow. I've, I've, I mean, I've been seeing this, and it may not have you know, as everything to do with the election, but I mean, even before all this, you know, I've been seeing this this just breakdown in communication between people, and I, I've I've often thought it was you know I can pinpoint it on well you know we stopped actually talking face to face you know we're too busy on our phones or we're texting or you know something like that or especially now with this COVID thing we can't actually go and hang out with people we have to video chat with them and stuff like that and I think that I think that breaks down the skills that we used to to know and we used to employ in communicating with people, you know, reading people's body language. And if you say something and you see a look cross over somebody's face, you know, hey, maybe I said something wrong. That's hard to do over the phone. You know, it's hard to do over the text, email, all that stuff. It's hard to, it's hard to tell uh, when you might have said something that upset somebody. And then, you know, if, if, if you're, if you see them face to face and you see that look on their face, like, oh, you know, maybe I just said something wrong. In that moment, you can fix it. You can say, oh, no, no, I didn't mean it like that. But if you don't see it and it's allowed to fester, 
then it just turns into a huge problem. And then next thing you know, you're not talking to that person ever again because you weren't able to address the problem as soon as it happened. Yeah. But sadly, I feel sadly, I feel like this is is what, quote unquote, you know, the eponymous they want is to keep us separated, to keep us uh, fighting with each other instead of coming together. And so any kind of divide that, that can be created, any kind of of um, barrier between us that can be created is going to be created because it makes it easier to control us. I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to be good for anybody, either side. Both sides are going to lose if we don't communicate. And it's just getting harder and harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But if we're mm-hmm. not going to talk about these things, then how are we going to resolve anything? So I feel like the whole, the whole, um, I guess, idea or, you know, common knowledge or whatever of not talking about, especially those two subjects, um, is only going to, is, is, has only damaged us in the long run because we have it so stuck in our heads that we're not supposed to talk about religion and politics because arguments happen, because people get their feelings hurt, because, you know, people aren't able to have an intellectual debate without getting their feelings hurt. You know, if we're going to talk about politics, let's let's use debate rules. I think if we had that kind of setup where like, hey, if we're going to talk about politics, here are the rules. Like nothing I say is personal. Nothing that I am saying to you is a personal attack. It is just how I feel. You know, I think if there were ground rules laid, it would be a lot easier to have a conversation with somebody. But both people would have to agree to those ground rules. And I think therein lies the other problem is that some people are so adamant they're right that they're not willing to follow those rules because they don't see, they don't think that they're going to be able to get their point across. Like me, me personally, my biggest problem when I'm having a conversation with somebody or an argument with somebody is I don't feel like they're actually listening to my side. Like, like my, my fiance and I get into arguments sometimes, especially about politics because she is going to vote for Biden because she hates Trump and her and I get into arguments about it. And the, the thing that I always have a problem with is I feel like she's listening to me, but she's not hearing me. And I don't know how to fix that. Can we can we talk about your relationship with your fiance? Because it's clearly right, like your relationship's more important than politics. Is that exactly fair? Yeah. Okay. And yeah. so, yeah. Absolutely. How do you diffuse the political arguments? Well, I mean, first off, we try not to have them. It's that whole adage of let's not talk about it kind of thing because we don't agree. And when we get to talking about it, feelings get hurt. You know, tempers flare. I mean, I wish we could talk about it. I love talking about politics. I really do. I love talking about politics and religion. And I only have like one friend that I can actually talk about those two things with and know that there's not going to be any hurt feelings on either side. But with my fiance, a lot of the time, you know, if we do end up getting into one of those conversations, usually what we'll end up doing is just saying, okay, you know what, let's just stop talking about it. Let's change the subject or let's agree to disagree. That's, that's, (laughs) I mean, we should have that, that, that quote, like, painted on the wall. So it's just agree to disagree because it's not going to do us any good to sit here and fight. We we should be able to talk um, to each other. And I mean, not every, you don't have to agree with everybody. I think that's what everybody's getting so hung up on these days is, is the idea that you have to agree with me in order to be my friend, or you have to agree with me in order for us to have a decent civil conversation. 
And I mean, that's the exact opposite. Each person is their own person. We're all individuals. You know, so on one hand, they're telling us, you know, be yourself. Don't conform to everybody around you just because, you know, peer pressure and stuff. But then on the other hand, you know, using that individuality, you're almost separating yourself from everybody else. And then it, and then it turns into something negative. It's, 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 I don't know, it's confusing. <laughs> I think it's like the biggest <laughs> word I can come up with right now is it's, the whole thing is just confusing. And when people get yeah. confused, they get scared. And when they get scared, they get angry because it's the easiest emotion to go to. And, and it doesn't do anybody any good. That's really well, well stated, actually. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of the things I've been thinking a lot about is um, our, our implicit biases when it comes to people of a different political persuasion and how that, Mm -hmm. that stops conversations before they even get started. Do you have any feelings on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to lie and say that I don't have biases against, you know, people that are Democrat or people that are Biden supporters. I laugh at at, at political memes that make fun of Democrats. You know, um, I call people libtards. I probably shouldn't. You know, and I recognize that that's not a good quality to have, and I recognize that that's not the way I need to be thinking about things. And I don't know why. Maybe it's maybe it's the media. You know, I think I think yeah. I think somebody like me can be just as influenced by the media and things I see on Facebook as anybody else can. So I think yeah. that unless you actively try to stop yourself every time you have those thoughts, honestly, it's it's kind of human nature. I'm not making an excuse for it, but I'm saying that I think that it's normal for people to have those ingrained biases or the the things that they think because that's how they were raised or because the people that are around them all the time, that's how they think. So we, we want to fit in. We want to feel like we yeah. belong to a certain group of people. And if that group of people is saying that, Hey, these group of people are bad, then you're going to want to agree with those group, with that group because you want to be a part. You want to be, you know, included. The idea of, of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you mm-hmm. know, and one of the things he talks about is wanting to be included is feeling the need to be part of a group, part of something. And that need can cause you to think things that you shouldn't think or to think things that are destructive or do things that are destructive. Um, but it's all, it's all in, that, in that search for being a part of something, being accepted. And that's, that, yeah. that need is so strong that it can cause you to not even realize that you're doing it as you're doing it, but you, it, it caused you to become one of these people that everybody's calling you, a racist or a bigot or a misogynist. Like you don't want to be, but sometimes you say things that sound like that or, you know, whatever, because you want to be accepted by this side or that side or, you know, it's what, what is the end result if we can't come to a place where we can start talking the left and the right? Ooh, that's a good question. I think if we keep doing this like we're doing it, um, it's not going to be that hard for somebody to come in and take over. I think that if we keep arguing amongst each other and 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 having this this borderline hatred towards the other side of the aisle, all it's going to do is if, if we're not united, then we're not going to be a country anymore. 
A sincere thank you to Cassandra for agreeing to speak with me, and I hope that you found something in our conversation that will help you deal with your own struggles with talking to friends and family across the political divide.